So as the video said, and as the slide says, we are on Give More. We have done worship fully. That worship is meant to be a full life experience. We, last week we talked about spend less. And this week we are on Give More. But as we said on the first week, throughout the Advent Conspiracy, we are going to suggest some charities and some causes that we think would be worth you getting behind. Uh, if you haven't found something yourself, uh, like I said in the first week, if you find something that you're passionate about, that you want to spend less on stuff so you can give more to somebody in need, let us know who you're supporting, and we'll put it up on the slide, or at the very least, we'd like to celebrate with you. Last week, we talked, we introduced um, Choose Life and Erdo, and we got a couple more this week that we'd like you to consider if you haven't found something that maybe you'd like to get behind. Uh, give.paoc.org has a list of gifts that you can buy for somebody in need. Uh, so this is on top of Erdo. Erdo is something that operates year-round, but the PAOC, our, our fellowship, took, it on, took the extra step and found 12 gifts this Christmas that you could give to somebody in need, uh, and it is a wide range of different stuff. So if you're still trying to find something that you want to do that's special this Christmas, Head to give.paoc.org to see some of the options. The other thing that we'd like you to consider, if you haven't found something, is called ShareWord. If you don't know what ShareWord, it was formerly called Gideon's Canada International. And what ShareWord is, is a Canadian ministry that is committed to putting scriptures throughout the whole world. And so we as a church have a partnership with them. And what that partnership does is we have a whole bunch of scriptures at our disposal that we can hand out, and it costs, those scriptures cost us nothing. Obviously, our membership costs something, but, so part of our membership pays for us to have all these scriptures on hand to hand out, but on the other part of it goes to getting Bibles into countries that maybe Bibles aren't readily available, or getting translations done up for people groups that don't have a translation. Um, ShareWord Global has got this huge uh, vision to get Bibles in the hands of everyone uh, on earth. And if you know, if you heard my story, you know that I've got a degree in biblical study, and I love the Bible. I love God's Word. And so this is one that I love. Michelle and I, on top of the church partnering, Michelle and I support them as well, because I I love the idea of getting God's Word into everyone's hands. So if you are looking for your cause, and if you think that's a good one, uh, I think it's sharewordglobal.ca or something. Anyways, look it up. Google will tell you where it is. Um, but you can partner with them as an individual and uh, help them with their cause to get the word out everywhere. So this week we are continuing with Give More. And as uh, you probably noticed last week, if, you tune, if you're here last week, I have a really hard time talking about spending less without talking about giving more. And so I kind of kind of wrecked this morning, so go back, watch last week, and we're done. No, I'm just kidding. We are going to take Give More and take it a step further, because I think Give More is probably one of the toughest ones we have, especially in light of our current culture, in light of our current uh, interacting with people, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but when we think about Christmas, it always comes back to gifts, and so our first question for us this morning is, what was the most meaningful gift you ever received? 
And so keep the pressure off. Spouses are not supposed to look at each other at this time. Better say the right one. <laughs> no, that's not how this works. But when you think about the meaningful gift, I, would, I am going to be so bold to say it's probably not the most expensive thing. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. It may not have even been the flashiest or the newest thing. The most meaningful is usually the one that has the most sentimental value. Or it has some, it's tied to, I mean this is still sentimental, it's tied to some memory or some event or it was actually not the amount that was spent on it, but it was the heart behind it. It was the intention behind it. It was, there's so much that makes a gift meaningful that is not, how much it empties out your wallet. Last week we talked about spend less. As much as spend less is really good, we all really like spend less when it comes to our wallet and our MasterCard and that all helps with the financial thing. Spend less is actually about spending less on stuff. So we have this opportunity to give more of what really counts. And so to get us in the heart of give more, we're going to go back to the Christmas story according to the Gospels. But we're going to go Matthew's route. The first week we looked at Luke, and Luke kind of shared Mary's perspective, what Mary was going through, the things that she experienced. Matthew takes a different approach and says, actually, so there's another person in this story we have to consider, and it's Mary's soon-to-be husband, Joseph, and the things that he was challenged with, the things that he was faced with in the midst of this story. Because it wasn't just simply, hey, your fiance is pregnant. And anyways, I don't want to wreck the story if you don't know it. We are in Matthew 1, if you got your physical Bible. Matthew 1, verse 18. Uh, here we go, the Christmas story. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together... She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and willing to put her, not will, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now you've got to feel for Joseph in this. When it says that they are betrothed, Mary and Joseph are, for all intents and purposes, married. They hadn't made it official. Anyways, you know what I mean. Uh, there's children in the room. Um, they had not come together. As the Bible says, they had not come to know each other, and all of a sudden, Mary's pregnant. You can imagine what Joseph is going through in this moment. Mary explains that this is by the Holy Spirit. Uh, sure it is. Whatever you say, you're just covering it up is the first thought that probably goes to Joseph's head. So Joseph is faced with all of these challenges. He's a well-respected individual in the community. His wife is pregnant, not by him. So he's like, first, who's the guy whose face gets rearranged today? Like, I need to make this right. 
Why is my wife covering up? She lost it, like through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay, whatever. Virgins don't normally conceive children. Um, the other big thing is that Mary is, for in that day, Mary could have been executed for this. She is pregnant not by her husband. This immorality was taken so seriously in the Jewish culture that they would take her out of the community and they would throw big rocks. Because every time I say stone, nobody ever thinks about rocks. They think of something else. That she would be taken out and she would be stoned, throwing rocks at her until she ceased to live. Not a pleasant way to go. And so Joseph, loving his wife, loving Mary immensely, is trying to do this subtly, trying to do this quiet, but he's so conflicted at this moment. What is going on? Who has done what? And with all of the thoughts and all of the social pressures and everything that Joseph understood about biology and culture and how people were going to view him, it honestly would have taken an act of God to convince him that this actually was a work of God. It would have taken an angel to visit Joseph, as we read in the story, saying, Joseph, calm down. This is all part of the plan. Because Mary probably could not have convinced him of it. Mary could not have said, this is the work of God, and had him believe it, right? And I'm looking to some of the guys in here, right? Like, if your wife strung you that line, you're like, hmm, it's a hard one to believe. It's a hard one to buy. And so God, in in the same way that he sent the angel Gabriel to visit Mary and say, this is what's going to happen. You have been chosen among women to do what only God can do. He comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, it's okay. It's all part of the plan. What is happening in your wife really is a work of the Holy Spirit. It really is a miracle. And it's a miracle as prophesied by the prophet Isaiah saying, the virgin will conceive and bring forth a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. God with us. The interesting thing about that prophecy is for when Isaiah would have said it, everyone would have been like, Yeah, God's with yeah, God's always with us. There's never, there's no, and we know this. There's nowhere we can go where God is not there. There's nowhere we can go that, you know, we, we pray about God. I pray that you would be with us. God's always here. We don't have to invite God into this space. There's nowhere we can go. He's not there with us. When we say that, what we're actually saying is, God, make us aware of your presence. Make us aware that you are here with us because there's nowhere you can go. He's not with you. But this was different because now Jesus was coming to earth. Jesus had stripped off his divinity. He had become man. And Jesus was just as real. He was literally walking with us. He was just as real as the person sitting beside you. You could poke him. You could hear him. You guys. Um, <laughs> Mitch was like, oh. Now I derailed. Um, (laughs) 
Jesus could be talked to. Jesus was laying hands on people. He was making food appear. He was serving. He was leaving footsteps in the sand. Jesus was literally with with them. And the tough part for us is that nothing's changed. God is still just as present with us in every single moment of every single day as he was back then. He is just as real. He's just as present as Jesus was when he's in bodily form, but we forget it because we don't see it. We don't always listen for that voice, even though God still speaks just as audibly as I am speaking to you today. You can still know God's voice. You can still be directed and led and know without a shadow of doubt that God is the one speaking and guiding you, whether it's through dreams or visions or... But we forget that because we don't see him like we see each other. And Christmas and Jesus is the reminder that God is with us always. No matter how bad the situation may be, no matter how rough things may be, no matter where you go, no matter how far you try to run, God is with us. He might be not as physical, but he is just as real. He is just as present. And the prayer we probably need to pray over our lives and pray on a regular basis is, God, may I not forget that you are with me. May I not forget when we are wanting to chew someone out for wronging us or when we are wanting to help somebody in need. We're not doing it on our own. We do it because God is with us. God is Emmanuel. The second question is, in what areas of life do you need to experience more Emmanuel. What areas of life do you need to experience more Emmanuel? Because there's times where we get, we kind of go into autopilot and we forget that God is with us. Or there's areas of our life that we're not proud of and there's areas of our life where we're struggling and so we just try to keep God out of that. Or there's areas of our life where, you know, we've kind of got this under control. So God, you just stay out of here. You just, this is, I, I got this. You stay out because you might, you might throw, upend it. I was reading recently, there's 15 reasons that we don't normally like to hear from God. We don't listen to his voice. And one of the biggest reasons that people are scared to hear God's voice is they don't trust God. We don't trust that God has our best interests in mind. We, just, we think of everyone else who has authority over us. We think of everyone else who is calling the shots, and they're always looking out for their best interests. So why would God be any different? Because God is completely different. In the same way that God doesn't need our worship to satisfy Him, but we need to worship Him to find fulfillment and joy, God... <clears throat> God speaks to us not because he wants to accomplish. God doesn't need you to accomplish his vision. God doesn't need you to accomplish his plans, but he speaks to you and he leads you and guides you because he knows that his plan is for your good. Because God has good things in store for you. 
God only wants to speak life into you. Even when the, old, <laughs> the psalmist tells us that even when God disciplines us, it's not because he wants to knock us down a notch. It's because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. And so he speaks correction over us to course correct so that we don't miss out on the blessing and the goodness that he's trying to pour out on us. God is not self-centered being like the gods of every other religion. God is completely self-giving. He gives of himself. He wants you to live a life that is exceptional because he loves you and has set you apart for glorious things. We can trust that if God's going to speak, it's worth listening to. And we forget that God doesn't actually stop speaking. As we come to this, this part of the series, Give More, I think Give More is probably the toughest one for us because of how we have celebrated Christmas for so long. And I'm going to make really big generalizations. I admit that. So if this doesn't apply to you, don't be offended that I'm assuming bad things. But how many times has Christmas been reduced to, uh, okay, everybody, we've opened all of our presents. Kids, sit down in front of the TV. Which Grinch movie are we watching today? You guys want to watch that one? Okay, whatever. Okay, kids, sit down, shut up. Watch the Grinch movie while I respond to text messages. Just, just a sec. I got, I got to get this. Oh, oh I, got, I got an email. Just wait. Just, just hold on a second. Oh, somebody beat my high score in Candy Crush. I got to get this. I, you know what? I'll get to you in an hour. We've reduced relationship. We've reduced Christmas to just being in the same room. But relationship is not two butts on the same couch. Relationship is not a bunch of people coming together. And this isn't just Christmas. This is church. This is everything. Relationship is not just being together. Because if it was just being together, we'd be killing it right now. But relationship takes work. It takes intentionality. And God set God was the ultimate example. If it was just a matter of presence, God already gave us his presence. If it was just a matter of stuff to save God to solve the world's problems, he would have just given us more stuff. But instead, what did God give us? He gave us himself. He stripped off divinity, became a baby who grew into a man who suffered temptation, who suffered pain, who went through the trials that most of us could never imagine going through because he loved us so much that he wanted to be here. He wanted to get into the mess and the mire. He wanted to, he wanted to get his hands dirty to make the difference that only he could make. And so often we want Christmas to be so picturesque that we just, as long as we're together, right? We won't talk about the struggles. We won't talk about life. We'll just keep everything surfacey. We'll get through this day because, you know, if someone says something, it's going to be a fight. So let's just get through Christmas. Let's just, let's just keep the peace. Keep the peace is not relationship. Relationship is messy. I don't know if you've ever been in one. It's not smooth sailing all the time. There are things said 
There are things done that we're like, later we may feel bad about. Or they had it coming. Nope, that's the wrong answer. That's not relationship building. And I think so often that Christmas has been reduced to just spend more, buy more stuff, because then we don't have to do all the relationship stuff. Here's a video game. Go play it. Get out of my hair so I can have some quiet time. Here's a book. Go to your room. Read your book. Just give you stuff. Give you stuff because maybe it'll give you some momentary joy so that I don't actually have to be intentional. I don't actually have to be loving. I don't actually have to build a relationship. And then all of a sudden we get to last week and we say spend less. Don't give so many gifts. Uh, There's less gifts. I actually have to spend more time. Ah! I actually have to initiate conversation. I actually have to show an interest in somebody. I need to stop posting everything on Facebook and Instagram so that everybody who I'll never meet can see what's actually going on. I actually have to engage with the person who's in front of me. I have to remember how to have a conversation. Ah! (laughs) Give more is probably the hardest part because it's giving more of what you can't buy. It's giving more of what you can't get back and give more, it opens us up to mistakes. And this is the other part of give more that is so hard because we have been so conditioned in our day that failure is bad. Failure is not bad. Failure develops character. Failure helps us grow. If we never fail, we'll never learn. Stress, well, some stress is bad. I'm not going to say it's not bad. (laughs) But stress is good, because stress tells us that there's a problem that needs to be fixed. If Christmas is stressful, it's not something to be avoided. It's something to step into and say, we need to fix this problem because I love you. Maybe not as much as I should right now, because i got other things I want to say to you. But we need to work through this. We need to grow. In the same way that even though we were sinning and we were such a mess and God had every reason to be mad at us and destroy us and let us be the subject of our... (laughs) We had every right to suffer the consequences of our actions and instead of God letting us go our way, He made a decision to step into the mess and make things better. In the same way that God steps into our mess and makes us better, we need to be willing this Christmas to step into other people's mess and make it better. Why? Oh yeah, because God is with us and God actually wants us, God actually wants to be the one who fixes that. God actually wants to speak it to us and give us the wisdom on what's the right words to say because, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm really good at saying the wrong thing. Or I'm really good at saying the right thing the wrong way. Apparently there's a differentiation there. Apparently tone has a big part to do with that. That's why I don't sing. I'm not good with tones. (laughs) Joyful noise, yeah. It might be joyful coming out of me, but it's not joyful for anybody else around me. (laughs) Anyways... 
give more. Give more relationally. Give more intentionally. Give more of ourselves. And it might require a little bit of vulnerability. It might require a little bit of openness that we haven't had in a while. It may result in some uncomfortableness that has to be worked through, but if you're not willing to work through the uncomfortableness, it's never going to get better. And the reality is, is that when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to the people that we love most, when we tolerate the stress and we tolerate the uncomfortableness and we tolerate the friction, one day we wake up and there's no, we've lo- missed the opportunity to fix it. Because life is short, and tomorrow was not a guarantee. Not for you, and not for anyone in your family. Life is unpredictable, and only God knows the number of your days. And there's nothing worse than waking up one day and getting the news that somebody who you love, but just kept sweeping problems under the rug, are now gone and you've missed the opportunity to make it right. Now what do you do? So interesting, because last year, COVID disrupted Christmas for many people, and I don't, I don't want to know how you did Christmas, okay? I don't care. We all did it our own way, and we're just going to leave it at that. But the big thing that we, everyone got so wound up about was that we couldn't be together well, if we're doing relationship right, it doesn't matter if we're in the same building. We have all this really great technology. Relationship still happens whether you're in the same building or you're hundreds of miles away. It might be harder. Oh, but I just want to be together so we can take all these beautiful pictures and we can all be on our phone together and never say anything together, but it just feels like Christmas. That's not family. It's not a relationship. This Christmas, we need to give more of ourselves. We need to foster good, healthy relationship because at the end of the day, like we said last week with spend less, it's the, the stuff is going to go away. The stuff is going to end up in a garage sale. The toys are going to break. The toys are going to get stolen. You're going to grow legs and disappear. The car is going to break down. The house is going to need some work. Everything's going to be, but the relationship, yeah, the relationship's going to need some work too, but it's going to endure. The problem in the relationship doesn't have to. But at the end of the day, nothing changes the fact that you have siblings. Nothing's going to change that relationship. Nothing's going to change the relationship you have with your parents. They're always going to be your parents. They're always going to be your children. I don't have to talk about grandmas and grandchildren because that relationship always seems to work. But, you know, the rest of them get... The rest of them get tense. The rest of them, sometimes the tension is because of the grandkids. Anyways, not going there. We're just going to leave that one. Here's some sugar. Okay, go home to mom and dad. Okay, anyways. This Christmas, 
we need to give more of what really counts. We need to give more of our heart, give more of our emotion, give more of our story. We need to invite people in, no matter what that means, no matter how painful that may be, no matter how much stress that may cause. And we need to be willing, with God's help and God's speaking and guiding, to work through the things that are wrong and make them right. The same way that God stepped into everything that was wrong in the way that only he could do made it all right. There are things going on that are wrong that only you can make right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Your word says that anyone who asks for wisdom, you will give it to them freely. And as we come to this portion of the Advent Conspiracy and we think about the idea of giving more of ourselves, more of ourselves relationally, more of ourselves intentionally, as we think about the conversations we have to have, God, help us to give the gift that's going to endure If we have good relationships, help us to know how to make them better. If we have relationships that are strained, God, help us to know how to make them better. God, help us come into this Christmas season with intentionality to make the most of the time we have, to right the wrongs, to celebrate the good, to just do what really matters. No matter how hard it may be, no matter how difficult it may be, help us, Lord, in the way that you stepped in and made things right. Help us to step into the mess and make things right. And God, I pray for the wisdom to know the things that we can fix and the things that only you can fix. And help us to trust you with the process of fixing the things that you've got. I thank you, Lord, for the truth that you are with us no matter where we go, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. I give you all our praise in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.